Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Four o'clock, the games are coming up. Elite Eight will be right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company on since noon today. So we'll uh, we'll be getting out of here so you can hear the play-by-play of the games. I thought last night's games were interesting. Um, I'm fascinated, by the way. Houston plays its basketball, right? It is not five slam and jamma. Kelvin Sampson, oh, it could have been. We'll get to that in the Big Five. Um, and the story of Oregon State I thought was incredible. And the fact that they fought back in that game, that was cool. So, But tonight, it feels like tonight, and good job by Baylor, feels like tonight, now we've got some of those big names. And we've got, you know, the the school that a lot of people are like, hey, they're new to the dance. Like, they're not. This has been 20 years in the making with Gonzaga. But you've got big names like USC and Michigan and UCLA. And Gonzaga now is a big name for many of us on the West Coast. I'm really looking forward to this. All right, Big Five time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Well, I don't know how this is going to be greeted. Are we going to get real soft here? We're going to have a soft, couple of soft moments on Cofield and Company. Ari could be the hammer. Mm. Ari could be the hammer. We get a note today. Feels like it was just he. You were feeling something, John, and you're like, let me let me reach out to my friends and see if I can get some support here. John sends over a note. Home alone for two weeks. I'm a sap, and I miss my wife and son already. That's right. We don't do this on sports radio. You wimp. Well, it's a I fun wouldn't, pass, dude. Enjoy yourself. I wouldn't expect anything less than the man who is, of course, uh, buying into the patriarchal society and Not assuming all. that all women just love Valentine's Day. And I that's did, about it. I did make that pitch earlier when we found out that the Super Bowl is now on February 13th. Right. I was like, back to back with Valentine's Day. Oh, we got trouble with the women of the world. So you came over the top of me on that one. Um, on the patriarchal thing, come on. Give me a break. The SO is laid up right now with a snapped ankle. Wait on her handed foot. I don't know about that. She's she's a survivor, so she likes to do a lot of things on her own. But you know, if I gotta if I gotta run around the house and get her stuff, I'm there. Now you may have to yell at the top of your lungs while I'm sitting, you know, in an office getting doing radio prep. Like, All right, get down here. I need water. She actually has a feminine voice. Oh no, did I just do it again? You did. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm down with this. I'm down with this. Now I'm I don't think. I'll, I'll admit when you when I see you write home alone for two weeks I'm a sap miss my wife and my son already I don't have kids so that's that's one thing yeah um, I'm also I'm also not a hug it out you know I was talking I actually had a nice chat with my mother the other day we were talking about the pandemic and how everyone has reacted differently and you know a lot of people in this world need interaction and no surprise to the audience with the way I come off sometimes I really don't mm. like I don't I don't I've never really needed a ton of human interaction so. But everyone's different, John. If you miss your wife and your son, you know, I got to respect you for that, man. Good for you. That means, and, and plus, you know, there are so many guys who like to bust on their significant others and wives and girlfriends. I love them. You're, you're stepping out there and saying, you know what? I appreciate them. Right. Now, really. That's, I, that's all I got, folks. I tried to get soft there a little bit. That's, that was it. I do miss them, but it's more, it's weird being in an empty, like, home where you're used to people running around and, like, a child screaming, like, First thing at 7 a.m. and all that stuff. Like last night, it wasn't even so much that I missed them. It was I went to sleep at midnight and like all the lights were off in the apartment. I was like, maybe I'll put the light on by the front door. Like, what? you know what I mean? Like, really? I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, this is weird. Oh like, it's too God. quiet. 
I'm used to hearing like my wife's monstrous snores or like, you know, something other than the cat kind of wandering around. So that was it. I will say, though, as much as I love my wife and my child, uh, the one thing that I absolutely enjoy, the ability to get work done at my own pace and do whatever, like in that regard. Not feeling rushed. Oh, bro. it That's that's cool. That's great. Like doing. Well, work, oh, I wonder was, how that's been for people who uh, who are used to working in an office. They've been working at home the last year, and how they manage that is that the end, yeah. like in a small way that that is a reason to go to the office. Uh, it, as long as your coworkers, which in many work- workplaces they don't abide by rules, so they're bothering you all the time. I don't know what rules there are, but a lot of people are like, "Yeah, hey, I need to go in the office because I that's work time. Like I can't like with everything around. I'm suddenly I'm juggling everything at home and trying to get work done." That, that was one of the things that my wife like we would have conversations about where I was telling her I'm like the one thing that you just kind of don't really understand about like the challenge of working at home right now with you guys is, you know, when you go to work, you have an eight hour work day where we're not around, right? Where where I'm not walking into your office while you're answering phone calls and going, "Hey, can you change this diaper real quick?" You know, like <laughs> things like that. Like I'm could, trying to type out the latest trends on Andre Drummond. He right. loses his. His place, he comes back, he's like, I don't know what I was doing. Right, I don't have, like, a kid coming up to me and being going, Dad, I pooped. I'm like, come on. (laughs) You know? Like, and so, like, it it is really cool to, like, be able to sit down yesterday, watch the games, work at my own pace, do stuff, wake up, work, you know, do whatever I want in that regard. But it is kind of creepy in a a big, well, it's not even, like, a big place. It's a two-bedroom apartment, but it's kind of creepy. All right, you want to stop by uh, next couple of nights and we'll we'll rotate. We can each visit John around 10 o'clock. Just keep him company for a couple minutes. Sure, it sounds like a great uh, quarantine activity. Wow, that sounded he is he is an, he that. is the eternal lockdowner. No, eternal lockdown. You're always throwing out these suggestions, but you, yeah, you got to consider that, right? I'm just I'm just being respectful got, to John. You both like, got the first shot. The first shot, John. Do you want me in your home randomly to show up? I think I he, mean, did, you, he basically just called you a dirtbag. That and you're it, high risk going. You, no one can go see you because you're you're high nah, risk. Well, our R is high risk, isn't he? Isn't he like 55? Yeah. Now it's getting ugly. Getting up there. Oh, you started it, Ari. There's no. We're going to move on to number four. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Take control of the show. 50 teen. That's how I'll. Number four. I please translate. One of you, Ari, can do it. John, you can do it. Um, Instagram blocking 200,000 people. I don't even. I mean, I know Instagram. I don't even. I don't block anyone on Instagram. I have no followers. I just put up pictures. I don't know why you'd have to block. What is Cameron, and how do you block two hundred thousand people? Well, I'll show my age. I I don't really know who Cameron is. I I think artist, musical artist. Oh right? no! Okay, so look at the old guy. You're you're, you're you were uh, just calling him old. Now he knows. Here's He's the thing. Hip. It, well, is he hip? Because here's the thing. I'm just not up on my knowledge in the music industry. That's my thing. I'm actually very young. I know a lot of young people things, um, right? Including like hashtags and trends and things. Um, TikTok. Is that one of those things? You know, I know those things. Uh, I just don't know who Cameron is. He had his time. He was he was big in the early 2000s, I'll say. Oh, he was? Yeah, he had some songs you'd be familiar with. Yeah. I know the name. Like, I just, I if you were to tell me, here's five songs, pick out the Cameron song, I would not be able to pick it out for you. You pulled a couple, right? Because this was in the rundown. Go ahead, fire him. Ah, Commodore 64 is messing up again. <laughs> so apparently Cameron has blocked over 200,000 people. On his social media, isn't that like a full time job? Just blocking people all day. Well, I didn't. I don't know what the block is. You know, uh, Adam was trying to take me through the whole car family vacation there in Cabo, and I kept going to the what is what's the main one? Is that the feed? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you got to go to the stories. And I'm like, yeah, what? What do you hit? And he's like, hit the picture, moron. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an IG guy. 
It's not that hard. 200,000? What do you, all day? You just block, 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 block. Well, that's my thing is I didn't know Cameron was so polarizing that 200,000 people would have enough of a negative opinion on him that he would then thus need to block them. So you think he's lying here. He's trying to pump up his own fame? Right. Like, I think it's probably an exaggeration. Like 175. Here's the other thing I have found. You don't block people. Because blocking gives them the power, right? Because they can see that you blocked them, and thus they feel like they have won. Mm. You just mute them. Because mm. then they just keep tweeting into an empty vacuum, thinking that you're seeing it, when in reality, I see nothing. How to use social media by John Von Tobel. That's right. Well, then we get into the petty like, which is one of my favorite ones. I don't know what that is. Uh, the petty like is, you know, for example, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier fight. I have a strong opinion on Dustin Poirier. I get multiple tweets saying how much of an idiot I am. Maybe the second Dustin Poirier knocked Conor McGregor's ass out, I was liking tweets after the fight. Maybe that's what happens. And maybe two of those accounts then delete themselves for some reason or another. That's the petty like. Top three stories. Number three. I can't get past it. I'll admit it. I can't get past it. I can't get past being scorned by college basketball coaches. So I do watch the Big 12 and what's going on with coaching situations. I just retweeted a couple of, frankly, randos. It's not, I'm not ripping on them. I have no idea if they have any sources about Chris Beard in Texas. I love this story. I love this story. And I cannot wait for Texas Tech people to be like, what's going on? No loyalty. Start punching the table, right? I, I'm so rooting for Chris Beard to take the Texas job and tell that Kirby Hocutt who stole Beard away from UNLV to shove it. And especially if it's all over money and Mr. Dream Job, right. Chris Beard. It's his dream job. Always wanted the Texas Tech job. You know, love Bob Knight. He was there. And now Texas comes in with like eight mil a year. Here you go. Here's nine years and $72 million. Now what are you going to do? And some of the stuff you're reading, Chris Beard is really leaving Texas Tech on hold for like two days here. And they're starting to freak out. Look, if you... I mean, could, could he at least tell us the longer it goes on? I mean, we're, we're, we're screwed. Like, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? it? sucks. Weren't you the one who set up a freaking private plane in the middle of the night? And then I think it was like Chris Matthews is out there from Channel 8, you right. know, running right. next to the plane on the runway. Like, hey, where are you going? I was, Actually, no, that – God, who was – was it a it – was, there was a local reporter, and I cannot remember her name now, uh, with Fox. She's now up in Denver. Damn it. Oh, what? Yep. Yeah. And Watts was the one who had Texas Tech Lubbock connections. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, they, my friends are telling me the uh, jet just landed. Just, beard just came off. So. Yeah. So it's fun when it when the shoe's on oh. the other foot, Texas Tech, huh? I mean, I, I will admit from a purely like from a media perspective, yeah. uh, I enjoyed the whole beard thing because like I'm DMing with people in Lubbock like who have no idea who they are, but they work in media. And we're like, do you know where he is? Do you know where he is? Like, you want to come out? Like all those things. Yeah. It was a fascinating follow. And now it's even more fascinating because it's going to happen to the uh, – program who pilfered him all those years ago will it happen i mean i would do it if i'm beard why cash buddy let's go and and like look texas tech's a fine program the notoriety you get if you bring texas back in basketball and by the way it's got to be much different recruiting to lubbock versus austin it's got to be easier And, and by the way if you bring back texas when it comes to like before football like, you make that university, like a basketball school, like all of that? Like it could be a madhouse over there, what he would be able to do with that program. Names on the Texas list after Chris Beard, the former UNLV coach. Uh, John Calipari. This is, I, loved, I love these searches. Indiana was like, hey, we're going to get every big name. Like Brad Woodson. Stevens. Yeah, Brad Stevens yeah. to start. Uh, Mike Woodson's got the job. Texas speculation includes Calipari, Patino, uh, Boynton, who's at 
Uh, Oklahoma State, who just signed like a seven-year deal for three million a year, right. which I guess they can afford to. Stealing Altman from Phil Knight, which I don't know. Good luck on that one right. at Oregon. And then name is John Beeline going to return to college basketball at Texas? Maybe I. That seems like a long shot. Will Tech. Muss? Would Musselman go to go from Arkansas to Texas? Why would you make a lateral move like that? You think it's a lateral move? Texas Tech to all right, Arkansas to Texas Tech? No, Arkansas to Texas. I'm saying the Texas list. These are the oh, okay, okay. Chris Beard, Calipari, Patino, Boynton. These are media lists, just like right, our okay, media yeah. list. You know, I wound up having a list of 65 people have been mentioned. Um, Musselman, and then there's a, a lesser-known name, but he played there, so people in Austin know who he is, Royal Ivy, who's an assistant with yeah. the Nets. Kevin Durant? Not yet. <laughs> now, meanwhile, Oklahoma's open because Lon Kruger retired, and I, to me, the names are more realistic. They're looking at uh, Grant McCaslin from North Texas. Nico Medved, that'd be a good hire. Right. Dennis Gates, Cleveland State. Uh, Mark Turgeon, you know, bigger name, but, you know, Kansas guy at Maryland. Paul Mills from Oral Roberts. And Kyle Keller from Stephen F. Austin. Like, that seems like a realistic list. That's a list. And I think Oklahoma's a pretty good job. Is it is it much worse than Texas? Maybe I don't know the Big 12 well enough. They seem like places where the, you get support and you can win. I would say, because um, I thought you were operating in the sense that Beard's gone, so that list is for Texas Tech. So if it's Texas, that would make sense if Musk goes from Arkansas to Texas. I feel like that's a somewhat of a step up in terms of job, right? And they could probably pay him quite a bit. And he has probably, he's shown, by the way, he can piece together a team pretty quickly and make a team a viable threat in terms of big picture conference or big picture national picture. So I would say, yeah, like Musk would, is the most realistic name, I think, on that list outside of potentially Patino. But why would you risk that if you're Texas? Why would you automatically go to Patino like that? Top two story. Number two. When I said uh, Colton Miller, you know, mentioning the report, it's, it's confirmed. It's it's news. Colton Miller, extension, left tackle for the Raiders, deal uh, worth upwards of uh, 18 mil a year. Fifth highest paid offensive tackle in football. Uh, was it Trent Williams? Just mm-hmm. surpassed. Was it Bakhtiari? At like a little over 23. You surprised on Colton Miller? And do you agree with Miles Simmons, who was on last year? I covered the Raiders. Now is with PFT Pro Football Talk, and he was like, "Seems early. They didn't have to do it." Raiders are it's a, it's an organization that is a bit strange to figure out in the timing and the size of deals at times. On the surface, I, it it seems desperate is not the right term, but you just cleaned house with your offensive line, and now like the one young piece that you have, like let's pay him, make sure he's. Sticks around, he's here. I, it feels like it's a little premature to give him that much money, give him what we know about the level of play. And he's a solid tackle, but to give him that amount of money, it's a fifth, right? That's yeah. a lot. That's I mean, a, He's, he's going to be making over $18 million a year. That is a lot of money for a relatively young piece. When you didn't have to do it right now. Exactly. Was there going to be some nasty battle next year? And look, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We know about the Raiders these last few years in offseason shelling out money uh, to certain signings. That didn't really make a lot of sense. And just on the surface, this seems like potentially another one of those deals. Top story. Number one. We can't go like more than a show without talking about Derek Carr. And he's the guy, the quarterback in town. What happened to that Derek Carr extension talk? Were they just waiting to get Miller done first? And Andre James done? Potentially. Now, for all we know, they could be they could be talking, you know, getting it done now. What do you think they're going to do? Now that we've seen them go through a whole offseason, if they had extended 
Derek Carr, right? Why, why did most teams out there restructure or extend their quarterback? To get more money, mm-hmm. right? Because the salary cap was reduced. If they're going to extend them, why wouldn't you have done it like three weeks ago? Right. So I wonder what's happening here. I, I and, and if they do, like if they do it, if they have a, an extension done in a week, but I'm still going to ask, like, couldn't this have helped three weeks ago when you needed, you know, some extra money to yeah, say please. land a free safety. Right. Well, and it doesn't really hold water, right? Just given the fact that they were cutting costs along the offensive line and doing all these moves to potentially save cap room. Like you would think that that would be part of the deal is restructuring and extending the quarterback. So I, I, I mean, I don't really know. I would say that like from a money standpoint, it's like 19.6 or something like that this year, or next year for car. It's not a terrible hit, and maybe you just maybe you're done. Maybe you want to see what you got, and then we'll we'll see. Maybe franchise him afterwards, which seems like a lot of money for Derek Carr. He's going to play out of his mind. I think he's a really solid quarterback. You and I have talked about it a lot. But... It's going to be crazy if they don't have him extended. They mm-hmm. go into next off season, or hell, they go into this season, and all of a sudden, you know, week six, Josh Allen signs an extension. Josh Allen and Carr are not at the same stage of their careers, right. but Josh Allen's clock is up here on his first contract, and Josh Allen signs like. $39 million a year. Every quarterback behind him, like, they're all like, okay, well, like, I might not be worth 39, but if I'm Derek Carr, I'm like, how about 22? 33? Oh, okay. 32. Right? He just turned 30 years old, but thir- I want 32 million. That would be another reason to get quarterback deals done. If you if he's going to be your franchise quarterback, do it before there's, like, four more DAC deals. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing gets, bl- the top of this gets blown off, and then the middle class is like, oh, yeah, I'm middle class. 26 to 34 million a year. Like, oh my God. I mean, is there a chance, and this is just reading too much into it, is there a chance that they, you know, tested the waters in terms of people who want teams who want him? Yeah. Didn't get much back that they thought, and they were like, we can play around with this. We'll be fine. We can sit on this for a while. But you run the danger of, look, like statistically, Carr has had, he had a strong season, and he's had relatively strong seasons under Gruden. Again, from a purely statistical standpoint, he's been a very positive force. So you could be playing a dangerous game here if you're sitting back and, and if that's your strategy. Stormy Bonatoni, going to talk a little VGK hockey coming up in less than 10 minutes. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, our buddies here at Nova Home Loans. Give them a call, 877-700-NOVA. Mortgage tune-up, if you don't know what that is. Basically, they run the numbers. So if you're looking to buy a house, you're renting right now, they'll give you the scoop on what your possibilities are. Rates are super low right now. Uh, If you already own, you can refinance. You get a mortgage tune-up. And Dustin DeHart and the rest of the folks here at Nova Home Loans will tell you what your sitch is in terms of potential equity in the house, how your rate compares, to current rates. Maybe you've got the stupid mortgage insurance on there. You can get rid of that. That's a big thing. That's a waste of money, right? But you got to call them and it takes like 15 minutes. They run all the numbers and sometimes they, they just tell people, hey, you know what? You're in pretty good shape right now. I can't help others. They might shock you. Give you 15 year options, 30 year options. You can take this much money out of the house. Oh, you've got credit card debt. Well, we can help pay that off, right? That's what they'll tell you at Nova Home Loans. But to find out, you got to call 877-700-NOVA. So there's a little bit of drama being played out the last day or so on social media with the UNLV basketball program. 
uh, David Jenkins and some media members. And Michael Mahler reported that the rift between TJ Otzelberger and David Jenkins was was pretty bad, and that it got you know language got uh, yeah, whatever. It, it sounded like Otz was unhappy, according to Grimaldi's report, that Otz was unhappy with Jenkins and had some cross words for him. Well, Jenkins responded last night on social media. David Jenkins Jr., very smart guy, and he's very social media savvy, and he said this is false. Um, so I don't know where we are on this. David Jenkins went into the transfer portal yesterday. He's the best player so far to enter or enter the transfer portal. I thought he had a solid year. It was up and down. You know, didn't play great defense. He can get better. Right, he's he's a pretty good scorer, and he's certainly a good second or third option on a team. This is a loss if he decides to leave UNLV. Um, but as most UNLV situations turn into when the media is involved, and you know, there's the rumor mill starts going on social media, it can get a little goofy. So, I'll wait for more information on this one. Yes, and it did seem like family members were potentially getting a family members getting involved. Yeah, like I don't think Gramala is a horse's ass. Uh, he's generally not running with stuff like this. I, Mike surprised me during the year. Mike was suggesting that there could be a split of when Otz was the coach of Jenkins and Otz if Altsberger stayed around. So this isn't a story that just arose this last week. This was going back at least a month into the season. So he had heard something. Clearly, he'd heard something a while ago. Uh, look, it, we when you look at something like this too, there is a chance that from the perspective of like. What you call it? The game of telephone, right? The message gets yeah, yeah. distorted yep. at some point. Yep. Like there's an element of truth to potentially what happened in that room between those two. And maybe it's not exactly Otzelberger calling him in saying, uh, you know, there's not a spot for you on this team next year. Oh, and by the way, I don't enjoy coaching you anymore. Yeah. And frankly, sources can also have agendas. Correct. They can tell stories, even if they don't have a straight out agenda that they'll admit their view or vision of what happened could be clouded. Could be dramatized a bit. Now, I'm sure there are people around the program who are like, hey, I'm mad at TJ Altsberger for leaving. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where this goes. As Adam and I laughed at yesterday, the visual of him telling Jenkins, like, okay, yeah, that's it. And as Jenkins is, like, reaching for the doorknob, Otz is like, hey, wait, wait, one more thing. I don't really enjoy coaching you anymore. <laughs> and like, that's it. And just, like, letting him leave. But I will say, in the workplace, when you work with people all the time and it's all intertwined and you all have to work hard to succeed, things can be said. I don't tell Ari, Ari every day I don't like working with him, but probably, like, four of the five days each week. Right, but I'm kidding. I don't tell Ari. I, I He's much say, appreciated. I don't he think you say job. it to that degree, though, right? Like, that's the, the one thing that surprised me was the tone that was conveyed. In, it's in, a written word. There's no tone. Right. Well, no, but the tone of saying, like, I don't enjoy coaching you anymore. Like, that seems like a relatively personal thing to tell somebody in the middle of a season, right? Like, I don't think again, it is. That's a, I, first of all, I don't know that it no, happened but, with those words, right. but I actually don't think it is. No, but you see, you're, I think you're confusing things. Like, like, Ari, for example, when you get after him, anything like that, like, when you tell him, Ari, you're killing me, dude. Like, I can't do this with you anymore. That that's a different phrasing. I, by the way, I don't right. think I said I, I don't think I ever say that last part. Right, but like, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In the article, but, but that I, is maybe? is what comes across is yeah, what is being across. said. Right, yeah. and so like you know, I've gotten to a disagreement with my producer before, and, and it's via text, and he tried to say something snippy, and I responded with, "You're really going to say that after this like X, Y, and Z that I've had to do with your BS?" Oh, you know, here we go. like those are disagreements that you have, but I also didn't end it with, "By the way, I hate doing the show with you." Mm. Like that's something that's. That's what I'm talking about. What was surprising with the Jenkins and Otz thing that you know Kramala wrote about was 
that seems like something relatively personal and oddly personal to say to one of the players that transferred to play for you in the middle of the season, by the way, right? Like, because that was that was the whole point. It's like, hey, that's a little odd. More workplace beefs. We bring in Stormy Bonatoni to have this conversation and hash it out here with uh, John Von Otzelberger. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans. Carrier pulls it out, deals to the top. White Cloud a shot, wide right. Rebound, score! Tomas Nosek takes it off the end boards, slams it home at the left side of the crease. Vegas 2, Los Angeles 1, with 3.30 to go in the second. Fourth goal of the season for Tomas Nosek. It's Stormy Tony on Cofield & Company. Stormy! How you doing? I'm great, especially with that intro. How are you? Yeah. You like that? How were the breadsticks last week? Did you wrap them up in a little bit of a... What'd you do? You had to reheat them? How, how Because I, I worry about them getting all steamed once you get home. They're kind of all mushy or, or they get real crunchy. Yeah, no, I thought they were great. Popped into the microwave for about 10, 11 seconds and it was good as new. And I, um, I, I'm like such a child when I eat my Olive Garden breadsticks, but I like split them down the center and put salad on it and eat it that way. I'm a real innovator in the Olive Garden breadstick game. Mind blown. I don't even, I can't even wrap my head around that. I'm going to have to think about that when I get home. Uh, I, uh, like you, after I, I had a lot of positive words about the OG, because the folks who missed the spot last week, Stormy was driving. She was bringing back some uh, Olive Garden food uh, back home. And uh, I got a rash of crap, too, for being a supporter of OG and like a part Italian and from the Northeast, too. They're like, oh, shame on you. It's just uh, this the shaming of the Olive Garden stuff. Stormy, I know you're sick of it. Yeah, it's just it's getting old. You know, people need to move yeah. on, have something better to talk about and just agree yes. and admit that Olive Garden's good. And I, I got a black time moose cake uh, as well as the dessert. And it's just absolutely delightful, I must say. I love the atmosphere around the Vegas Golden Knights. And I, this is not the way Pete DeBoer meant it. But I, I always, like, I compare the Golden Knights to the Raiders. And the Raiders seem to be kind of like treading water in that 500 area. And I just feel like the Knights all the time are like, it's never good enough. We have to win more and more. And I loved Pete DeBoer's comments after the game last night. They win a six-straight game at home. They're 14-2 and two and one at home. And Pete DeBoer throws out, could you imagine what our record would be if we had a full house? I assume he was joking. Like, I guess 17-0, and 0, Pete. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's a uh, it's it's a good point, though. I mean, but yes, the team has done a really good job of handling business at home, but they've been re-energized to an extent with people in the building, and it is less than four thousand, and um, it, it's just a different atmosphere, and it's a lot of fun. And this team has been so good, and they really do, as a whole, like you said, kind of have that never satisfied mentality. Max Pacioretty talks all the time about how, like him and Mark Stone are frustrated with the plays they don't make more than pleased with the ones that they do. And that's just kind of a mindset that we've definitely seen rubbed off on everybody. They they take every period, every game really seriously. And I think that's also why you've seen so many of the bounce-back performances that, you know, it's only twice this season that the Golden Knights have lost multiple games in a row. And it's because they're, they're they are – able to fix issues and move forward and aren't ever satisfied. And I, I think that's really cool. And it's uh, another reason why this team has been able to find success. You know, it's funny. So many fans were mad after year one and even in year two at times when, you know, original members, the coach, players from the Misfit squad, hey, you know what? They dealt them. 
um, and they were mad about it. I actually, I think it's worked out. I, I, now, I don't know if any players have talked about this, but it always seems to me like the atmosphere around VGK is not a lack of loyalty, but like, you don't do your job. We will move on you. We don't care who you are. And I like, not everyone is motivated by that. I would be motivated by that. I, I wonder if any players are like, hey, you know what? They expect excellence here. And if I don't deliver, I could be out of here. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think that the the players expect that from themselves too. I think they kind of they kind of get it, and you don't really see players that have moved on from this organization really talk trash about it either. You know that it's it's all class, and so and so is up front, and I understand it's a business, and and I feel like the the guys that have left their reactions have still like shed a positive light on the organization overall, and obviously you miss a lot of those people, but for the players that that are here. They want to be here. They want to fight for this franchise. They strive constantly for excellence. And, and I think that's great, a great quality for a team to have, because this is a group that really firmly believes they're a Stanley Cup contender. And when I, I continue to look back to this Colorado series as a whole, and obviously they're, they're still split at 500, one of just two teams in the West Division that they played this year, that they're 500. Everybody else, they're above 500. It's, it's them in Minnesota that they're split, and obviously they're playing Minnesota later this week. Um, but with the Colorado series specifically, and the way that they've been able to have a bad game and turn it around and show that we're competitive and that the narrative around us has been so positive and that we're leaders in the West Division, we're cup contenders for a reason. It's not it's not all about you. We're here too. Um, I think is a really, really good wet step in the right direction for this team, and I think they're in a really good place at this point in the season. Stormy Bonatoni is with us on Cofield and Company. I also think DeBoer's ability to uh, try things out during the season, like, you know, the ultimate goal is winning the cup, and, you know, uh, if someone's going to get their feathers ruffled because we're making changes, then – uh, that's too bad. But last night, I know they made an adjustment on the power play with Mark Stone, and, and it actually worked out, right? Yeah, and, and he's one of those people, um, just as a coach, he, he talks a lot about how there's not a whole lot of things that coaches can do to make an impact, and, and one of them is kind of in the, the lineup change and being able to move things around and mix and match and see what works. And now's the time to try those things in season. You don't want to have to be doing this full lineup juggle in the postseason if you don't have to granted it it happens but those are the subtle things that a coach can do to make an impact in a game and and pizza board is excellent at that in my opinion yeah last night a power play goal with a uh, stone setting up uh marcia so and then riley smith cleaning things up uh robin leonard uh, what did he have to say after the game because we know robin at the beginning of the season was struggling a little bit he wasn't playing to his level he has the concussion issue he comes back now he's been Borderline brilliant since he's been back. We're, you know, 3 0 record last night. He stopped 24, 25 shots. So he's got to be feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, you would imagine. I actually didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game. He was pretty, he was pretty quick to, to leave the arena after the game. I think that he was very much so like in game mode and wanted to perform and be done. And so um, obviously he got beat early on that game, on that goal about a minute in. And if there was ever one issue that you could talk about with Robin Leonard, when he was healthy at the start of the season, it was his, his start. Um, but he settled in perfectly. The team played well in front of him. He's been 3-0 and since his return with just four goals allowed on, I want to say, 66 combined shots. And so he's he's really looked good since coming back from the concussion. And, and like I said, specifically in this game, the team played really well in front of him as well um, to, to ease up the load a little bit. And from the – 
from the second period and on, um, were really, really a solid team. Maybe we didn't get it last night, but you tell me, what does Alec Martinez had to say about the uh, the Kings, his former team? And he had another good game last night, and he's really blended in well with the team you know, since the trade last year. Uh, what's the latest with uh, Martinez on talking about the Kings? Yeah, he said, I mean, yes, obviously it, it feels a little bit sweeter to be able to have a good game and to be able to put up a goal against his former team. But at that point in the game, he was, he, I'm pretty sure he actually used the phrase, like, put the extra nail in the coffin. <laughs> um, he was yeah. more concerned with putting the hammer down and winning the game regardless of the opponent, which is a, a great quality of Alex Martinez. But um, he's been... He's been really, really good for me this year. Obviously, leads the NHL in, in blocked shots. He's the first player this year to surpass 100, and the only player I want to say in the league still to this point that averages three or more blocked shots per game. He's just like such a battler, such a warrior, and his offense has really come on this month. He's got five goals on the season, but four of them have come here in March. I think I think goals by defensemen, they've got like more than half of the goals by D on the year have come this month. Um, so there's a lot of little elements, like when it comes to D, when it comes to the depth scoring, um, I, you know, obviously you guys rejoined with the Tomash Nosek call and um, how good the fourth line and he have been. All of these little things are starting to come together more and more game by game. And for whatever reason, the month of March has been really good for the Golden Knights. But just as far as Alec goes, I'm a big fan of his. And he, he just seems to play well against his former team. Stormy, tell us, uh, give us the inside dope here. What uh, what are we waiting for on the increase in terms of the crowd size? Um, but, you know, what's your prediction on what's going to happen? Uh, they had, what, 39.50 in the building last night. I guess the hopes would be to get up to like eight or 9,000 soon. So where are we? Yeah, uh, it's something that they're working through every single day. They want to get as many bodies in there as possible, as safely as possible. I know one of the things that they've been battling a little bit is the six-foot distance rule um, for, the, for the seating capacity because you can only – fill in so much um, with with the six-foot uh, separation. So I know those are little things that they're working through right now. Um, they're talking through different things with folks who are um, vaccinated and not not carrying carriers of the virus, rather. So still playing the waiting game a little bit on officially how many they're going to be able to get in there in the near future. But like I said earlier, even with, you know, just under 4,000 people in that building, it's it's been a huge difference, and I'm a bit – my family uh, was at the game yesterday for the first time in the longest time, and they even said the same. They were shocked at how good the environment actually was with such limited attendance. Prediction, and we're going to hold you to it. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. Um, Stanley Cup final. If they make the Stanley Cup final, we're talking, you know, June, early July. Do we have 100% in the building at that point? Oh, my gosh. A girl can dream. I, I just, I have a hard time thinking yes. Um, so I, I'm, my prediction is going to be sadly that that's a no, but I think that that's going to be the closest point that we've been at this season in terms of how many people are going to be able to be in a building. And I think that in itself is just such a bright spot that things have been getting more and more back to normal. And so many more people are getting vaccinated that you're going to have that herd immunity. I'm just hoping that the NHL, um, you know, that they potentially follow suit as much as possible with kind of the NBA's guidelines with what they have had. And then you see how that could translate to the public. So a lot of exciting things, I think on the horizon. Hockey business is pretty good business in Las Vegas and the, the Valley and Henderson. And I saw that the, uh, the silver Knights with their new arena uh, have a title sponsor for the arena. Did you see this? 
Yes, and so it's funny. Um, we have a, a content meeting on Tuesday mornings, and they were talking about the release, and it's the Dollar Loan Center. And the first question, one of my, uh, we call our coworkers line mates. <laughs> one of my line mates said, "So is it center or is it center center?" But it's just Dollar Loan Center. It's not the Dollar Loan Center Center. <laughs> center Center would be a little screwy, wouldn't it? It'd be great. Oh, uh, you never. Know, I watched this show on HBO uh, Max called Baketopia, and they have, like, this award that they give the rolling pin pin, because it's a pin, but it's also a rolling pin. And, like, that's the first thing that came to mind was the Dollar Loan Center Center. But, no, really, really exciting news, though, for Henderson Event Center and the Silver Knights to be able to get those naming rights. We have to close with our weekly feature. It's brought to you by Silver Sevens, Stocking, Stormies, Social. It's not easy to say, especially if you do silver sevens in front of it. Five S's in a row, Stormy. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, you did interview, and this just got posted uh, in the last hour or so. You interviewed Shay Theodore, talked about rest and relaxation. Does he do anything during rest and relaxation? Like, is there any sort of mind exercise? What does he do? What do we find out? Um, well, you know, he really likes to lay out and bask in the sun and hang out with his dog, Brucey. So that's kind of how mm -hmm. he's getting his mind right. He uh, said that he gets his treatments and everything, which we see from most of the players, that they still come into the arena even on the off day to get their treatments. But with the weather turning around, getting nice, he said he was going to soak in some sun. Yeah, I like to do that, too. I lay out, and I'll just have a couple of breadsticks next to me down on a blanket. <laughs> do you turn red or do you have uh, the ability to tan? Maybe both, but uh, if I'm not careful, it's red. I mean, I I have to. It's like a it's like a five month process. It starts out with a 100 SPF, and hopefully, uh, after five months of the sun, I get like a little bit brown. Okay, <laughs> excited for you. That's dangerous. good stuff. There's always t there's always TMI for me at the end of these spots. It's always it always gets right, John. I, I tried to have you like, step in, but you looked at me like, dude, where are you going? Well, I also feel like Stormy Steve has not been exposed to enough prolonged sunlight in the past, I'd say, 10 years that we even know <laughs> what his skin would do. <laughs> if I golf a lot, if I golf a lot, then I've got a shot. You're, I didn't think that vampires were allowed to have garlic, but those breadsticks, man, I'm, I'm surprised. Exactly. <laughs> Good, strong clothes. <laughs> you got us out of it. Thank you, Stormy. Bye. Thanks, guys. Stormy Bonatoni. Ringside reporter with the Golden Knights. On the way back, winners, 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 winners. John Von Tobel on the Elite Eight. I am fired up for these games tonight, games tonight, and I want winners. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. John, have you been uh, doing in-play? I know you played before the game. You got a bet down on USC at plus nine against Gonzaga. Do you do in-play? You shooting for middles? Not, not really. No. Not entirely, no. All right. Why not? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's been like I've been working while I watch the games and uh, focusing on NBA contests. I'll, I'll bet NBA games uh, in play like that's the ones I'll watch really closely. But college hoops, I have not found myself wanting to wager in game. I thought you were going to come back at me and say, uh, hey, in play is for suckers. No, it's don't get don't get fooled into trying to get the middle. It's actually it's a very smart thing to do when you're when you're doing something like that, when you have a pre-flop position on certain things, you know. 
the Baylor and uh, Arkansas game is a very good example of that, where you can lay seven and a half preflop like I did. They build up an 18-point lead in the first half. You come back, you get Arkansas in the range of probably 15 and a half, somewhere like that, in the first half, maybe a little bit less. And that game falls on, was it 11, if I remember correctly? 81-72, 9, whatever it was. You cover both of those numbers. Am I wrong for thinking that USC is uh, going to try to and may be able to make this into a rock fight, a grinder? with its zone, sort of Bayheim-like, with its big guys, and that the total of 152.5 is too high? Yeah, I think so. I think you handicapped this, and I think it opened 155.5 at some spots, so you've seen this come down. So it makes sense that the number would move in USC's favor and the total would come down, right? Underdog and uh, the total moving in that direction. I think you handicap the total like you handicap the side. If Gonzaga is going to win this game and cover that number, this is going to be a higher-scoring game. They're going to shoot the ball really well. If you look at USC and their seven losses this year, they've given up over 46% from three. In all seven losses combined, you look at their last three, by the way, they've given up over 60% from three in their last three losses. So if Gonzaga is going to win this game, it's going to be with the hot shooting night and the ability to extend this score and make it a higher scoring game. I don't have strong plays on this, but uh, I guess I would lean towards USC staying in the game and staying inside eight and a half. I lean there. I think, I think this might be the moment where UCLA kind of sputters. Uh, and Michigan now is – now they got their – Legs under him is stupid, stupid statement. But the fact that the, the, all right, livers ain't coming back. All right, now we got to adjust without Isaiah Livers, and it was a little bit tough at the beginning of the tournament. You saw them really kick it into gear against Florida State. Can they win by eight, nine, ten? Cover this against UCLA. So while we were sitting here, I laid six and a half. So I, I like. So I have that UCLA ticket at 75 to one, but they've been kind of living on a prayer for the most part, right? Like the inefficient scoring, especially against our, uh, Alabama, like you're not going to get away with a performance like that. They've been shooting 40% from three as a team throughout this tournament. You're not going to do that against Michigan. I just think this is a, a matchup nightmare for UCLA size wise too. I mean, the front court, there's a pretty big discrepancy there. We talked earlier about Roger Goodell saying, uh, Hey, the plan is to have full stadiums come the fall. Of course he's going to say that. Uh, Mark Davison talking to uh, Raider Nation Radio 920's Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, headline on the RJ story, Goodell and Davis share a goal of full stadium this fall. Uh, Mark Davis's comments were basically like, well, we don't know yet. We'll have to make a decision in about a month. So I'm not even sure they can make a decision in a month. But, uh, yeah, we know the goal is to get everyone back in there. Certainly that's what Mark Davis wants, right? Because he zeroed out the crowd when he, you know, he knew that he couldn't let everyone in, so he didn't want to have this ticket debacle all right the games are coming up thanks to nova home loans for housing the show today but enjoy gonzaga and usc and michigan and ucla right here on espn las vegas